Okay. So, the year uh, was about 850 before the prophecy happened. And here's what happened. So just imagine, Israel is a country, people were slaves. Now they inherit this place that God brought them out of Egypt to taste and see God's goodness. So just, has anybody ever thought about starting your own country? Anybody ever thought of that? You thought, that's very brave. It is really hard to start your own country. Let alone, go, you can't even start your own company, right? It's really, really hard. I'm not trying to discourage you. You can do it, but don't try it. Starting your own country is very complicated work. So this country began, and God gave them all the economical, social, and then and, and things that they can govern their, themselves. So while they were there, they really struggled with a thing called sin. That's just what people do, right? We all ruin good relationships. How many of you got in a relationship with friends, with family, and the relationships are not doing really well right now? In one company, you don't have to raise your hands. You don't have to raise your hands. We're going to keep it. Make sure the live streaming don't hit this. Okay. Because why? The reason why is because we have a tendency of ruining, ruining relationships that are good. And Israelites struggle with that. And then the country went through war at times, sometimes... The, the kings who were leading the country were betraying their people. How many of you know, you don't have to raise your hands again, you, you can just do this. How many of you know corrupt politicians? People who become politicians and they ruin the very people that vote them. And so many kings and leaders Israel, in Israel became like that. And then it, it got so long for so many years, people just didn't know what to do anymore. So they're like, what the heck is going to happen to our country? How are we ever going to be able to manage life as we know it? Right? It's really, really hard to, to resolve a national crisis. How many of you were watching news? You can raise your hands on this one. How many of you were watching news last year or two years ago or three years ago when every politician in America was fighting with each other? How many of you know gas is very expensive? Y'all know gas is expensive? How many of you got Tesla, by the way? How many of you got Tesla? So y'all don't know what's going on with gas. Okay. If you don't have Tesla, gas is expensive. And then guess what happened? You know, prices are going really, really up. I love when people tell me, when I was 25 years old, McDonald's was 25 cents. Like, 25 cents? You can't. What can you do with a quarter nowadays? You can put it. In a, in a machine to wash, but that quarter itself cannot even wash any shirt, a shirt. Things are getting expensive. When a country is struggling economically, socially, can one person bring a solution to all of it? No, it's impossible. It is really hard. Even in this church right here, we cannot solve our own problems just by thinking about it and finding a solution for it. So God was responding to this, to this misery. God was responding to this problem. And then here's what the scripture read for us. He's saying, but I will send you this particular person. There's going to be a person who will come from the seed of your former king. So their former king, King David, was the best king they've ever had. 
When David was a king, the country was flourishing. The country was growing because God's wisdom was with him. So he says, his son is going to come. A guy who will be born from his generation will come, but he will be greater than David. So trying to help them understand, trying to open their ears, trying to open their eyes, he's the promise he was given them. So hey, I wanted to encourage you, if you have your phones with you, or if you have your Bibles in front of you, can you open Isaiah chapter 11? You can just tell Google Isaiah 11, chapter 1, verses 10. You can be able to read it. Nati has the reading on it. If you have your Bibles, just open it, and this will take us to the scripture, and it will enlighten us, y'all. Listen, we're going to leave enlightened by the word of God, not by my preaching, but by the word of God and the promises of God. So listen to this reading. It says, There shall come forth a shot from the stump of Jesse. So he's saying, Jesse is the father of King David. So from this bloodline, somebody's going to come. And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. He's saying a new king is coming. He's going to come from the roots of Jesse. He's going to come the son of the former king you had. You thought David was better. Better than David is on the way. For the national crisis. For the issues that this country is facing. For the problem that people are facing. So he says, listen to this carefully. If you want to read it, again, those of you who, are, who have phone access directly in your hands... Flip to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 10. Verse 1 to 10. Listen to this carefully. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes sees or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor. And then... He shall judge with righteousness, decide equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. He kept saying, but listen, listen to what he's saying. This guy is going to be filled with the wisdom of God. He's going to have the knowledge of God. He's going to have the wisdom of God. And he will not judge based on what he sees. How many of you judge people by just looking at him? Don't raise your hand. Oh, oh man, vulnerable people here. Praise the Lord. Listen, how many of us judge people by just looking at him? We look at them and we're like, mm, trouble, here it is. And right, we, we see them. We see what kind of job they have. We see the kind of hair they have. We see the kind of shoes they have. And we judge them, either as a poor or as a thief. Or as a, we do that. But he's saying, this God, this prophet that is coming for you, he will never judge based on what he sees, based on what he hears. He will judge with fairness. He will judge with righteousness. He will judge with perfection. Imagine if people judge us by what they see, if God judges us by what he sees. I mean, look at me. Can you look at me real quick? Look at me one more time. Look, look. If God would judge me based on what he heard or what he sees, I would be condemned to death. I have no righteousness of myself. I have nothing to present to God, neither each one of us. But this is a new judge. So listen to this story. Two mothers, there's a story in the scripture about wisdom. Two mothers birthed a baby, each of them. While they were, while they were sleeping with their kid, they were holding the baby, one of the mothers, by accident, she killed her baby. This is a, a, a true... A, a true story in the scripture. 
When she killed her baby, she went to the other mother that has a baby that is alive. She said, this is my baby. The dead baby is your baby. Just imagine a thousand years ago, there was no DNA to confirm anything. So the mothers were disputing. And nobody could resolve the issue. So they went to this king, the son of King David. His name is Solomon. The man was filled with the Holy Spirit's wisdom. When they reached all the way to the king, you know how like in America, you go to a regular judge. If that doesn't work for you, you go to a federal judge. If it doesn't work for you, you can appeal to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. How many of you know how many Supreme Courts judges we have? How many are they? You know? Nine. That's the highest court in the United States, in the land. If that court decides, it's decided. Those nine judges have a hold of a lot of political and economical power in America. The same way at the time, King Solomon, this case reached all the way to the king. When it came to him, the man was filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. He brought the two mothers. He says, what's your dispute? She says, her baby. She killed her baby. And now she's claiming, my baby is her baby. And the other one is like, I didn't kill that baby. That was not my baby. Her baby. It... Here's how the king resolved it. He said, you know what? The dead baby is dead. Nobody going to bring this dead baby anymore. But he says, bring me my sword. Right? He brought his sword. And he says, I will split this baby in half. And you guys can take it halfway. But listen to the wisdom. The mother said, the true mom, the mom of the live baby. She said, you know what? Don't kill the baby. Give it to her. Because a mother will never allow a baby to, to be split in half. But the other one, since that's not her baby, she says, go ahead, split him in half. Great judgment. And the king observed that, and he says, you know what? This is the mom. This is not the mom. In Israel, that was one of the wildest judgment. And the judgment came by King Solomon, who was filled by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Now the people of Israel are hearing, greater than Solomon is coming. Greater than Solomon, the one who can resolve the depth issues of human beings. The depth fears that we have. The things that terrify us. He's able not only to bring us peace, but to judge in wisdom. And he will judge in righteousness. He will be the perfection of humanity. So that is what he was promising the Israelites. So before I finish, I want to take you 850 years forward. So let's go. Can somebody say, let's go? Let's go. All right, 850 years. Then in Israel, a, a, a woman who was a virgin who does not have a husband became pregnant. And the angel of the Lord told her, you will birth a child and you will name him Jesus and the government will be upon his shoulder and the Holy Spirit will fill him. He will be the hope of humanity. Whatever that was promised 800 years before, now it's coming to the truth. Here's what I want to encourage you. Uh, if you want to open up your Bible one more time, then we'll finish. Go to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. If you have your phones, you can go to the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 3. Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel according to St. Matthew. Chapter 3. Right? It's in the New Testament.
And you'll see what's going on there now. All right, everybody got it? Okay, well, you can share with somebody right next to you. So he says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who spoken by the prophets, Isaiah, when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So let me give you this weird guy named John. His cloth was made out of camel's hair. By the way, if it was now, that camel hair dress probably would be like $10,000. Because you know what I mean? Like, uh, like just imagine you're wearing your, your whole, his entire clothes was made out of camel's hair. And guess what he eats? Anybody want to take a guess? Anybody? Yeah? What, did he, what do you think he ate? Like Chick-fil-A or something? He keeps it simple? Camels. Okay, he doesn't eat camel. Okay, uh-huh. Oh, somebody found it. Good idea. Camel is very logical because if he kills the camel, he would eat it. My boy, you're doing great. Uh, but that's not what he was eating. What he was eating was locusts and wild honey. That's what his food was. This man lived in the wilderness. His name is John. When we say John the Baptist, that's not his religion. John the Baptist is the baptizer, the man who was prepared. So how many of you know, like in a big show, like if there's like a, a big time singer is in town, there's a person that opens for them, right? Paul, we did that at the, in downtown Hayward one time, right? In downtown Hayward, there's a bar. And the bar has a big time show. And one time, they were looking for an opener, somebody that can come and sing whatever heck they want. So our band volunteered. We sung Christian songs at a bar. We were together with everybody. We opened for this fancy bar, band that was coming after us. We were considered to be the low end, but God does his work by sharing his word even in that moment. John the Baptist is like the opener for Jesus in the Bible. Before the arrival of Christ, God sent John, who happens to be the cousin of Jesus, who lived in the wilderness, who was so weird, but a man driven by the Holy Spirit, who kept shouting, repent and prepare the way. Because now, guess what he's, what's coming? The king is coming. The God that, the, the, now, that now the Messiah that Israel was promised 800 years ago is coming. And upon his arrival, prepare yourself. How many of you got the, your Christmas tree up already? Christmas tree. Okay, by the way, Christmas tree? I'm, I don't know. I could be wrong, and you can correct me when we finish the service. I got to finish the sermon. I think I'm, I'm just lifting up. But I got to talk about Christmas tree quickly. Putting your Christmas tree on Halloween, I think it can bring judgment upon us. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I think you got to wait until like Thanksgiving at least, like a day before. But preparing your Christmas tree is a reminder that you are preparing for Christmas. The coming of John was a preparation for us to welcome the Messiah, the King. But here's how Israel was meant to welcome him. They don't have to cut their hair. They don't have to remove their earrings. They don't have to remove their tattoos. They don't have to change their clothes. They don't have to look beautiful. They don't have to look awesome. 
They don't have to lose weight, even though losing weight is a good idea. That's not how you wait for Jesus. The way we wait for Jesus is by repentance. We repent and we wait upon his arrival. In our repentance is when Jesus reveals himself to us. And he says, I love you despite of your brokenness. It is in repentance that Christ comes to us. It is in repentance God reveals himself to us. When we look at ourselves and say, I am not worthy of your love. Christ comes and assures us. He says, I love you. In repentance is where we see and experience God's mercy and forgiveness. For that, in our traditional order in church, every Sunday we have a time of repentance. A time of repentance is not a time where we just kind of go, I guess I'm so sorry, whatever it is that you want me to do, and have mercy on me. That's not. The reason why is, there was a, there was a mafia leader in Italy. His name is Petra. This man, he killed about 95 people in his time. But here's the, the weird thing. The Italian police finally caught up to him. When they caught up to him, they took him out of his house, arrested him. They were searching his house. His bedroom had a Bible surrounding it. Never read it. Had a cross in each part of his bed. And every time he killed somebody, he would say, Lord, help me. For what? For God to help you to kill somebody. And when they were interviewing him, they said, you seem to be weirdly religious man. You got your Bible, you got your cross, but your life doesn't reflect that. And then his answer was, yeah. I never thought what I was doing was wrong. I am the judge of what's right or wrong, but I still love God. Do you understand how weird that is? You can't be the judge of the truth and wrong and still love God. If he is God, he's the one that can say, killing is a bad idea. Imagine if we were the judge of this country, each one of us. You get to do whatever heck you want. Don't try this at home, please. Don't run a red light. Either somebody going to knock you out or the police is going to give you a ticket that's like $600. Is it $600 now for red light? It's very expensive. You cannot make your own rules and then consider them to be a true law. Either God is the truth or God is not yours or you don't follow him. So in repentance, what we do is, what I do is wrong. Certain things I struggle with my own wrongdoing. So have mercy on me for you are the truth. You are the righteousness. You are the perfection. And in that, Jesus will be revealed to us over and over by his Holy Spirit to comfort us from our misery, to forgive us, but to lead us to the truth. Can somebody repeat this after me if you're willing? Say, God, you are the truth. Can we repeat that one more time? Can, can, can you let Hayward hear us? Say, God, you are the truth. See, here's the deal. Truth, it is not subjective. Nobody has its own truth. We don't dictate what's true and what's not true. God does. But in Jesus Christ, he forgives the things that are not right in our lives. And he calls us to live a life of fruitfulness. 
That's what Matthew was. When Jesus came, he asked the people to repent. Now that they've been repented, he's calling them to live a life worthy of his death. Can you repeat this with me one more time? We're going to finish with this. Say, Jesus, may my life be worthy of your death. But can we repeat it one more time? One more time. Say, Jesus, may my life be worthy of your death. He died for us so we may live life worthy of his death. I got to put the end thing in this one. Lesson to learn. So, summary, 850 years ago, the promise of God came to Israel. And there's a wise king coming. And later, it was fulfilled. God promised and always delivers. And in him, there is fair judgment. In him, there is righteousness. In him, there is wisdom. And in him, we are called to bear fruit. A tree that does not have fruit, it's not an attractive tree. We are called to bear fruit. A fruit of love. A fruit of compassion. A fruit of truth. Do you know how many days we got left for Christmas? How many of you? You want to guess? How many days? Okay. Is that true? I don't know the days yet. I'm assuming that's true. On those 20 days, 22 days, 15 days, 18 days that's coming, it's going to be Christmas. You know how like you'll hear on a radio, on a TV, you'll say, Christmas is about forgiveness. Christmas is about family. I'll tell you, Christmas first and foremost is about Jesus. Because if Jesus is not real, why do I want to forgive those people who've done me wrong? I would rather go and pay my revenge. Why would I love my enemies? I would hate them even more. But if Jesus is real, then everything that we are called to do is meant to be done. For he has done that for us. He has forgiven us. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes and we pray this prayer together? And I wanted to encourage you to pray this prayer knowing that Jesus is real and he's in the midst of us. Now he can hear our hearts, our minds, and our thoughts. Jesus can understand our desires. And in this we will pray, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your promise. You never failed us in delivering your promise. You never failed us in delivering what you have already told us you would. Your son Jesus came for us. And Father, please help us that we may live out our lives worthy of his death. That may we not dictate what's true and what's not true. Please allow us to come to you over and over that we may be filled with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know what's true and what's not true. What's right and what's wrong. What's dark and what's bright. What's hope and what's fear. May all the things that we do bring glory to your name. And then as we wait to celebrate the birth of your son, keep us in the true faith and remind us that you will come back again and take us from all the misery that we have on earth to bring us into a place of peace, a place of hope, a place of restoration. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.